Now, this is the text that, that we're teaching out of today. 
preach peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Access. That's a pretty big word. Now, oftentimes when I study and I begin to kind of break words down, I try to break all the words down individually because I know in a sentence there's a message. And then that message is trying to get a point across. And when I got to the word access, it's kind of, you know, there was a spiritual, you know, glove just going, man, you need to stop and deal with that word. I just couldn't get away from it. And it's a real powerful word, okay? So I'm going to bring that word to you today, but i got to set it up first. got to set it up first by this. Is that as I shared with the, the first uh, 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 service, that, that there are some things that I think you are fascinated with that I'm fascinated with as well. And in the last maybe 15, 20 years, the thing that is really I've been fascinated about is this word called technology and what it brings. I, I'm fascinated by it because I don't like it. You see, I, I, I'm fascinated by it because I'm just not the guy that you want to deal with on that issue, okay? So I'm kind of God. I told the first servant that when I when something ain't working on my phone or my, my computer, my laptop, if it ain't working, then I just shut it off. Because <laughs> I just do that. I, that's just who I am. Okay. But what I'm fascinated about is that what kind of information that you can get from all around the world, just because this little bitty box that you hold in your hand. You call an iPhone. I think it's more than an iPhone. It does more than that. Because this thing does everything but make eggs. I'm telling you. <laughs> and you hit this thing, and your world is boom right here. I'm going, wow. That's a little scary for me. But the beauty of this technological age is that there are two things that must happen before you can even get this information. You know what it is? You got to have an ID, and you got to have a password. Okay? But without that ID and password, guess what? You can't get access. You just can't. And I'm amazed how God has allowed man to put that much information on the pen ahead of you. And yet his whole world is right there in front of you. Now I'm just fascinated by that. And the reason why I'm fascinated about it, and I told you because I don't, I, I don't care for it, it's just amazing how it works. But by one touch of a button, you have access to a whole other world. Information highway. Now, I, also, the next thing that I've been fascinated about is the human body. And, and I've been telling you guys about some of the things that, that have been happening to me and my family. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as dumb as I used to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing some things medically and physically. And it's forcing me to deal with health, okay? But I'm fascinated every time I learn something new about the human body. And when I learn about it, I'm learning from chiropractors and doctors and people who throw medicine at you, people who do surgery. I see these people all over the sports world because I'm involved in it. And yet they have access to information concerning the, 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 the human body. That is mind-boggling. It's just mind-boggling. And yet there's a lot that they still don't know. And I'm so glad they pay all that money, man, to make educated guesses. Because I don't want to make any wrong guesses on my body. <laughs> so you got to respect that. 
But, 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 but the medical field is something else, man. It's way out there. And I'm fascinated by the human body. And I'm fascinated about this machine, this incredible machine that God has put together. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But then, you know, just recently in the last maybe four or five years, and even though I've been in the ministry some 35 years, one of the things I've been most fascinated by is the spirit world. Talking about learning about principalities and learning in the scripture that it tells me that the world was created by things that I cannot see. Wow. And, and, and that the things that bother me are, are, are the things that, I, that don't have any bodies. It's a spirit world. And it is governed by laws. And what's so powerful to that is that God, out of all the things that I have ever come encountered with, that God who controls not only that universe, but he, he controls the mind. He controls the computer. He controls the body. That very God said that I can know him. Amen. Now that blows me away. There's something that is so far out there, yet it's so near. Something that is so powerful can be so intimate. And yet all he said was, let it be and there it was. All he said was let there be like, boom, it came. Because see, these, these mountains over here that, that you kind of see, uh, that, you know, didn't nobody engineer that. God said let it be. Those, that's the same way those mountains looked before, two years ago, a thousand years ago. Sometimes it's like you get weird to put a billion years on it. I think they're crazy. But what I'm saying to you is that God who spoke that into being took the time to call me and make me like him with his own hands. And guess what he's done? He's given me what? Access to him. <laughs> you mean to tell me I got access to you? You mean to tell me I can get personal with you? You mean to tell me that? Ladies and gentlemen, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so here is a word I'm getting ready to put in front of you that's going to have a little bit more meaning to you before you walk out the door. And you know, my children have access to me because they came from us. And I know them by name. They can walk into my house anytime they want to. And we can throw them out anytime we want to. They have access. They just have access because of their name, because of the pedigree. I, I, I mentioned that I don't, I don't see Vicky up in her office and come in the door and knock on the door and say, Miss Vicky, is it possible that I can approach you now? See, I can get into her space because we have access. Let me tell you something about access. The worst thing that you deal with at times and the things that challenge you most is that when you want something so doggone bad and you can't get it because for some reason you don't have access. Man, that's not easy. We struggle with that. God says that's a little different. Because Jesus becomes our idea. Jesus 
becomes our password to the whole universe. He does. He becomes our ID and password to God himself. I mean, man, you can walk right into the throne room. Now, I know people that pray till the cows come on, man. Let me tell you something. I love prayer, but I will not worship prayer. I love worship, but I will not worship worship. I would love what worship and prayer is about, and his name is Jesus. Amen. But all of a sudden, what happens here is that because of him, I get access into God's brain. I mean, I get access into his heart. I get access into his, his intentions. And out of all the religions in the world that you can even call Christianity a religion, it's really a relationship. God says, I want to know you. Now here's the other part. And I want you to know me. And I want you to know that I'm not far off. I want you to know that I'm not way off here in this galaxy where you got to do all this stuff to get to me. I just want you to know I gave you an ID and I gave you a password and his name is Jesus. Nothing for the soul. Man, I love all the discoveries. But it does nothing for the heart. Nothing. And this old body of mine that's kind of breaking down, I can hear it every day. All that stuff. That body longs to be with Jesus. That, that, that body longs to stay in his presence 24-7. And someday that day is going to come. And I just told God this. I said, man, look here, brother. I know getting to you is going to be something else. But let me say this to you, God. When you're done with me, get me out of here. Get me out of here when you finish. I hope that's some more years. I know my family does. But, man, when you're done with me, I just want to be with you. See, that, see, that body longs for that. That soul longs for that. And God is saying, I know that your soul is hurt. And the only thing that can satisfy it is that's it. Let me tell you something, man. You can't save Jesus enough. Because every time that word is mentioned, you're not, you won't be able to see it. Every time that word is mentioned, angels in heaven bow down every time that word is mentioned. You can't see it. Every time that word is mentioned, that demon true. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to show you today about this word called access and how we as believers take it for granted. And we as believers don't understand the potency of it. Because I want you to know before you leave here today, you got access. I want you to know before you leave here today, you're not tapping into something that God has wants you to have. Why? Because you've got access. Why? Because you are what? His children. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus is on you. And we very seldom access that kingdom. Not for our own personal use. Hey, God, come here. It's like I caught my puppy. No, he's not like that. I can get huge, huge anytime I want. Hey, huge, come here. It ain't like that. But, 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 but you know what? I want you to experience heaven right here on earth. Why do you think Jesus prayed the prayer when they asked him, how do we pray? He said, well, you he said, look at him <laughs> You just acknowledge him as father. And then you ask him one thing. Your kingdom come here on earth. Watch it, just like it is in heaven. I don't know about y'all, 
so long as that. And yet he's saying, you have access to it. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Because what we're going to do is we're going to put some scripture up here. And I'm going to show you the power of what access is. And then I'm going to show you something that you cannot see in a scripture unless you dig into it. And then I'm going to show you something called the seven C's, A, B, C, the letter, of the benefit of access. So that, that word access, next time you mention it, you'll know the power. So when you go to John 6, and you look at John 6, and you look at verse 44 and verse 65, if you would turn that as you find, but it'll come up on the screen. I would like you to back raise your Bible to church if you can, because I don't want you to think that I'm just throwing this stuff at you, but it's right here on the pages. So bring your Bible if you can. Now look here in John 6, 44 and verse 65. John 6, 44, Jesus says something, because Jesus just got through telling them, I am the bread of life. I came down out of heaven. Okay? Now you got to understand that they're rolling their eyes at this boy going, man, is this Mary's boy? You ever have people talk down to you like that? Is this Susie's daughter acting like she is the king, queen of the world? That's the way they were talking to Jesus. Tell them the boy. It took the boy running around here all snotty nose years ago thinking about calling you Jeff God. And so when Jesus was trying to say something, he said, man, I am what you're looking for. See, he's trying to say you search the scriptures because you think in them it brings you eternal life. Watch this. But the very scriptures that you read point to me. Now, how would you like to have Jesus on the scene like that? And then he says something to them in verse 44 in chapter 6 of John. Here's what he said. He said, and no one comes to me, watch this, unless the Father who sends me, here's the word, draws him. You ever been drawn to somebody? I know that some of you are. You know, we've got people who've been married for 50,000 years on one of them. We got people who are getting ready to get married because they are opposing each other. It's all great. I love that stuff. Something draws you to that other side. And drawing has an effect to it. So what Jesus says is that the Father himself looks into this dark world and he begins to draw people. He draws people to Jesus so that they can see something. Now that word draw is really important. Why? Because the word draw has the tendency to drag you somewhere. You know, I mean, you know, I didn't know that my wife, uh, you know, had this scheme going on when she put herself in my path every day for like two months. I thought it was just me, just this attractive man. This 200 pound boot twisted steel, she could not resist.
that which apprehends me. And then all of a sudden it says it's going to wrap you into something. All of a sudden you come into the what the territory of God and you are drawn. So the Father comes into this dark world and he begins to draw you to him. That's what he does. He does it a lot. He'll use nature. He'll use it. He'll use some funny thing somebody will say. You know? So somebody told me years and years and years and years and years ago, when I was way back in junior high school, that's when the Poudre River was running yellow. Okay? All right. <laughs> he says, look. He says, man, God is all over you. I go, what? And it was just a father downloading stuff. See, access. The other thing that access does is verse 65, watch this, let's read that one. In verse 65 it says, if he was saying for this reason, I have said to you that no one comes to me unless it has been what? Granted. <laughs> oh man, you know, sometimes we think we're special, but you know, I just want to say this to you. Man, you can't come into somebody's circle unless they grant you permission to do it. You know that? And, 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 and to be granted means something is given to you. I want to give you my time. I want to give you my attention. It has something to do with a relationship. That reach is about a relationship. I want to relate to you. And that granting brings about an atmosphere and an attitude. Also brings about the now, the N-O-W, the necessity that's created from a need, the, the opportunity that demands an obligation, and the will of God that makes a way. Right now, see, God is saying, I want to be with you, not tomorrow, right now. And it brings you the truth. That's what it does. So then when we talk about access, we talk about what? Being drawn and granted. God not only draws himself to you, but what? What he does? He grants you access. Now, here is the part that we begin to talk about, you know, who is it talking to? Because I just wanted to tell you what it's saying. But what I want to do is I want to take you to Hebrews 10. And I think after you get through hearing this, you're going to go, man, I better quit taking access for granted. Now, in Hebrews 10, there are seven C's that becomes the benefit of accessibility. Now, these are benefits. Okay. Now, there are certain benefits my kids are going to get just because they were born. Period. First one is just cuteness. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, 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 but look here. They get that access to whatever Mom and I have as an inheritance. They don't have to work for it. It's there. Are you with me on that? Mm. They, they get that. Well, see, access is an inheritance. And it has benefits that come with it. And guess who he's talking to? He's talking to you. He's saying, you got things that you haven't even tapped into. You got resources that you haven't even used. 
And sometimes people are going to grant things to my son and my daughter simply because their name is square. Period. And I got things granted to me because I came from Clinton and Lucille. And I knew when I was growing up in Third War, H-Town, the hood, when you have 11 brothers and 10 brothers and sisters, ain't nobody going to mess with you, not because you're big and bad, it's because you got seven brothers. Why? You got access. Are y'all following the brother at all? Amen. There's some power there. And so I want you to understand that your big brother, his name is Jesus, got your back. Amen. Amen. And you got to tell the devil, man, you don't mess with the wrong believer here. <laughs> you accept into the wrong territory here. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You got to tell him that sometimes. <laughs> man, again, there's times where I pray for people healing, and they didn't get healed. I go to the disease and go, hey, did you hear me the first time? Because I'm coming back again until you get out of here. Sometimes they're stubborn. They don't want to go nowhere. Now watch these seven seeds. You don't see them. I want you to know that from here on out, anytime you hear the word access, you're going to think about it differently. Now look at verse 19. Here's the first seed. Now this, look at We haven't even gotten back to Ephesians 2, 17 and 18. But you've got to understand John 6, 44 and 65. And you've got to understand Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Come on, you can even get back to those two scriptures. Now watch this. It says, therefore, brethren, since we have, here we go, here's the first C, confidence. Do you know what people lack more than anything today is called confidence? I'm not talking about this false confidence. See, I want you to know that confidence is the glue between uh, performance and expectation. See, you can't perform, and you can't even have expectation unless Confidence is there. And I tell people, if you want your confidence to go up, then your skill level has to get better. See, God has given us the word of God to have confidence. He says, look here, man. Therefore, brother, since we have what? Confidence to enter into a holy place by the blood of Jesus. Access means you have confidence to do it. Let me say something to you. You could not walk into the place of a king and lack confidence in standing by him. In the old days, man, if you walked into a king, sad face, or had half or whatever, man, they would run you out of there. They would kill you. You could not eyeball the king, man, because you make him suspicious. You had to stand before him with confidence. Number one in access, you have confidence because of the blood of Jesus. Look at number two here, verse 20. It says, by new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. Now, the word inauguration, when you break it down in the Greek, one word in there that pops out is called consecration. You're consecrated. You're set apart. Now, the only reason why you're able to come into the presence of the king is because you've been set apart with the possibility of coming into that. So not only are you confident, ladies and gentlemen, with access, but you are also consecrated. You are set apart from anybody else who can walk in the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Period. And you walk in there. And you become consecrated. You have to be. Because you can't stand before unless you consecrate. You can't. And then look at number three here. It says, and since we have a, a great priest, now you won't see this sea until you dig into it. Because what was happening is, is that since we have this great priest, watch the word over, okay, 
over the house of God. Now that word over means covering. That's the third sink. Because what the priest would do, the priest would be God's representative before man and man's representative before God. Because God then would see the priest. The priest would come in and do the ceremony and that ceremony would atone for the sins of the people. Now I want you to know, man, when you have access, you're covered. Taking care of. Is this making sense to you? Mm. See, 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 the Amen. amazing work of Jesus Christ is great out there. That's why you can't say his name enough. Because every time you mention his name, the angels in heaven, the demons in hell realize what he's done. Everybody knows Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'll tell you something about the name of Jesus. See, man, you can mention God around people all day long. They won't even flinch. You start talking about Jesus, oh, what? Big difference. Mm -hmm. That cover. Man, you're covered. You have access because you're covered. Check it out. Let's go to verse 22 here. Now, here comes the fourth see, I think. He says, and let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. Here we go. What? Clean. Now, if you go and you look at Joseph, who uh, him and Daniel were probably two guys of all the scripture who kept their act together. You don't read too much bad things about them. But Joseph, after he's coming out of the dungeon, guess what they do? They, they get ready to take him out. And what they do is throw a whole bunch of water on this guy, and they start washing him. He starts laughing. You know why? Because he knows he's been washed because you cannot stand before the king unless you're clean. Amen. So I want y'all to understand the power of holiness, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to understand the power of what it means, man, to be in the presence of God. Because all of these men and women who stood before God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when they came into his presence, guess what? They all recognized one thing, that they were unclean. Now, I know there's a whole flock of people who like to sit around and just soak. That's all they do. Look here, I'm just saying, oh, I am not against the body of Christ soaking. I am not against the body of Christ raising their hands and praising. I'm not against that. But I'll tell you what, many of Amen. Check that out sometime and see what we really need presence. We're not talking about feeling that. We're talking about the presence being so powerful that there is nothing that can stand before him that is not washed. And that's why when Isaiah said he was worshiping and he was praising in the year King Uzziah died, he says he saw the Lord lifted and high, and he said his train filled the temple, and the first thing I recognized, that I was not only a man of unclean lips, man, but I was a thief of unclean lips, my God. And I'm learning what it means to stand in the presence of God, man. I tell you, sometimes man, I am scared to death. Mm -hmm. Not because he wants to get me out of here, because I'm just unworthy to stand in something so holy and so powerful. And yet, that holiness and that power says, man, you can be with me. And guess how he does it? It's through the blood of Jesus that you have access. Come on, church. Amen. Come on.
Come on. You, you, you have this access to something that is so powerful in the universe that no man can stand before it. So not only are you confident, not only are you consecrated, not only are you covered, but watch this, you're clean. Hmm. And we got free will real quick. I gotta bring this home in a little bit, okay? I'm just I'm just messing with you. We're gonna get back to it. <laughs> but then he says, we're clean from an evil conscience that the body's washed with pure water. Now watch, here's the next word. And he says, let us hold fast. Here we go. I love this one. Confession. What a beautiful scripture in 1 John 1 9. See, see, I am so glad that this God of mine said, all I have to do is just call it what he calls it. Call it sin. When I mess up and I tell the half truth, just call it a lie, because that's what he calls it. See, the word confession comes from two Greek words. One is called homo, the other is called lego. And the word homo means saying, lego means to say. So God says when you confess your sin, you're saying the same thing about the sin that I do. You and I agree. And when you confess, it says in 1 John 1, 9, he says this, man, when you confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you, and not only that, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, when you have access, you've already made the confession of faith. See, there are two things that happen as a believer. We're constantly repenting, and we're constantly believing. And it keeps us in the holy confession of God, that he is, and we're not. Access. Powerful. Powerful word. That means because you have access, that means you have confidence, you've been consecrated, you've been covered, you've been clean, and now you have a confession that lets you stand in front of me. Wow. A couple more, and we'll be done just with this. And then in verse 24, here's what it says. It says, and let us consider. Now, this word here can be skipped over. It's one of those words when you read it, you sit down at your desk, you look at it, and you just keep going on until that white glove comes and say, stop and look at this word. I realize this one, don't, don't stop. But see this word consider, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. See this word consider says, it forces you to observe fully for the sake of discovery. Do you know that access made you consider the atmosphere and the person and the presence of St. Mary pondered. Do you consider that you're in the presence of God? Do you consider the word of God? Do you ponder it? Do you discover it? For the sake of, hold on, there is something here. And because I have access into the kingdom, I begin to consider the things of the kingdom. I begin to what? Set my mind on the kingdom. See, when the, when the, when the Bible says you need to have a mindset, it's saying you need to set your mind on something. And when you set your mind on something, guess what happens? You consider it. You give it time. And, and you know, my, 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 my Lord just delivered me in the last three weeks from idolatry. I didn't even know I had it. But because I began to consider the atmosphere,
began to consider the things that I was doing and the people I was with and the stuff that got my interest, the stuff that got my involvement, the stuff that got my investment, the stuff that began to increase in my life, it became idolatrous. I didn't even know it. I just said, thank you, Jesus. I didn't know it. I didn't know how much that affected me. I didn't know how much that got my involvement. God delivered me from it. But if I never considered what I was doing and placed it before God, I would have never known it was idolatry. So man, accessibility, my goodness. That's a good word, ladies and gentlemen. We only got one more left. Uh, is everybody here okay? Y'all all right? Yeah, man. That's what I just want to know I got a church here. That's what I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now, here's the last part. I like this. This last say. Okay, the last say is not forsaking our assembling together as in the habit of some, and but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That word is more of a word of encouragement. But here's what it really means. It talks about celebration. See, it talks about you and I coming together to celebrate. See, I can celebrate in my own home. I can celebrate in my basement. I can celebrate with my wife and I pray around the fireside. But let me tell you something, man. When you get together to celebrate with other believers, look out! Because what we're doing is we're coming here together to say, you know what, man, I know what kind of week you had. I know some of the things you went through. But, man, we're here celebrating the fact that God is the one that holds us together. God is the one that answers our prayers. God is the one that deals with our needs. And we're all coming into this room together to celebrate and say, thank you, Jesus. We're also saying, God, that even if you don't, you are still my God. Amen. We come to celebrate that. That's what we come to do. I mean, it's amazing that we'll go home, some of us will go home today, and I told you about last week, We'll go and we'll watch this football game, man. And now let me tell you something, Broncos, no Broncos, or whatever, man. I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people pouring into an arena, man. And folk are going crazy because a dude takes a football and he runs five yards. <laughs> <laughs> start realizing the work that Jesus Christ
you start to realize that every time you use his name, all heaven and earth changes. And you start realizing that every time you use his name, the devil trembles. And the last thing they want to do is mess with a humble, broken Christian who is full of the armor of God and full of the Spirit because you have access. And you keep asking Jesus to fight the fight. He said, now wait a minute. I gave you what you need. You fight it. Why are you running to me and you got it? So I'm just trying to encourage you. So here's the last part. Here's the last part. Let's go back to Ephesians 2, 17 and 18. And understand what it means now. Because it's time for me to land the ship here. We're going to do it. Now all of a sudden, if you understand these seven seeds, now if you understand what it means, ladies and gentlemen, to be drawn and granted. Now you understand what it means to have confidence. Now you understand what it means to be consecrated and covered and, and, and clean and confession and be considerate and have celebration. Now all of a sudden, here's what verse 17 says. Now I want to tell you how it applies to your life. And he said he came and he preached. He proclamated. He came and he gave good news and he announced something. He evangelized. He
Don't you ever think you're too far off for Christ? But he came, and he'll come right where you are. He will. He'll talk to you. He will. And he preached to those who will fall, and all who those who will fall were none guilt. That's all. And then he went on and he talked to those ones who were Jews and he talked to them and he said to them, be at peace. And he brought peace to them and he brought peace to them and he basically just said, shut up. <laughs> Quit complaining. Quit complaining that somehow I left you out and quit being arrogant over here as if you own me. Stop it. See, parents like that again. Shut up! We just want peace. <laughs> now, you got to understand what this peace does. What does it do? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a fisherman. Water and I don't get along, except for showering and that kind of stuff. But you got to understand, these are fishermen. These are guys who are on the water all day long. And all of a sudden, they're on this boat, man. And the water just starts raging. They're scared to death. And they see this dude who claims to be God at the end of this boat, sleeping. And he gets up because they say, do you really care? Sometimes we say that. Save us. It's the only prayer I know sometimes. God, please. <laughs> Not intellectual. Not Father. We know you. Hey, I need help. It's Seven on it because if you take those hours, then you should go back until Friday. Okay? Now, a lot of you know I'm the chaplain of CSU Sports as well, full time job is uh, building churches here with my friend Rick and uh, you know, all that. And one of the things that I hope I never stop experiencing is when I see somebody healed, that it wakes me up every day. As a young man who plays on CSU basketball team, I will not tell you who he is because he's still growing. And about uh, three weeks ago, maybe even four weeks ago, 
I gave him something that I gave the CSU football team at the beginning of the year. We called it the 40-day challenge. The 40-day challenge was a little card that my wife made up for me, so beautifully. And it had 40 numbers on it. And it called the 40-day challenge. And it had two things you to do. Because anytime you do something for 40 days, you're either going to break a habit or you're going to start one. And the 40-day challenge was basically simple for the football team. We just said, we want you to just take the Bible and read it. I don't care where you start or anywhere. And, they, and they, we had 65 kids to do that. And, and God just changed that team from behind the scenes. Well, I took it over to the basketball team about six weeks ago. I gave it to this one young man. I said, man, you willing to take a challenge? He said, yes, I am. He said, God, you want me to take a challenge? You got to read me a Bible. So I got him a Bible. Started reading. Well, last Friday, prior to that, he was asking me questions. He said, Man, I started reading John. And then last Friday, he said, Man, I just finished. Now, I didn't say anything to this kid, I did not answer any of his questions. He just read the Gospel of John. And I asked him, Man, what did you find out? He said, This. He says, Man, I don't know why. People don't believe in him. Yes. And I said, well, okay, well, well, what about you? He said, I'd like to believe in you, Pastor. I said, well, you, can, you got some options, man. You can do it by yourself. You got to pray with you, whatever. He said, man, just show me how to do it. Well, last Friday on the basketball court, right after practice, this man gave somebody, man, who can show you how to shoot and hit every last one of them. Came to the Bible study. Didn't drop 25. I'm just telling you what God does. Now, access. And the dude that they brought in, who wasn't doing that well, pulled the dude to the side and said, brother, you just need a little bit more dog in you. Y'all don't know what that means. <laughs> you got to get some dog in you, man. And the brother got some dog. He got in and made up 
the slack that the other dude was took out the game for. Because I told the people about trust. I said, you got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And trust means being vulnerable. Trust means leaning on something. It means your vows is not on you, it's on somebody else. And they took it hook, line, and sinker. And they believed it in the middle of the game. The guy comes over to me and say, Pastor, is that what you mean by trust? And everybody on the pitch going, what is he talking about? <laughs> Access. And all because they took the word seriously. I do it. So ladies and gentlemen, as we get ready for our offering, I want you to know something. Sometimes we spend so much time thinking about us and our mess instead of the one who cleaned up the mess. Instead of the one who gets astray. So I'm asking you to spend more time on we instead of me. I'm asking you to spend more time on this word, this man, this person named Jesus. I'm asking you to spend more time on finding out who he is, not just because he can deliver you. Because he can put you before the Father. And that one purpose statement today is this. Is that access makes a way for you to be in view of the sovereign. So that you know him. Access allows you to the throne of God. Access gives you his heart. Some of you today need to confess that I haven't taken enough access seriously. I haven't accessed my privileges seriously enough. Maybe you want to come today and use the altar to just say, God, help me understand. Maybe we've got somebody here today who have a word that they want to share with us before we close. I want to give you that opportunity. says this, if you want access to my bank account, if you want access to my economy, all I want to do is challenge you to give. <laughs> he says, give it and be given unto you. He even puts a premium on tithe. He says, man, if you would tithe, I would open up the store room of heaven. And then no businessman would turn down that kind of bargain. So Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless this message today. But also, God, bless your giving and bless the people. Give them the freedom to release whatever it is you want them to release. And then add it back to them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you got something on you, okay, I want to just, just give you an invitation right now. And maybe some of you want to join the family of God today. Maybe there's somebody in this room who may have contemplated whether or not they're going to heaven or not. Maybe somebody in this room in their journey don't know for sure that they're going to get there. God basically says this, that heaven is a gift. It's free. You cannot earn it. Lord, but you deserve it. The Bible tells us that we're sinners, man. We cannot save ourselves. 
again. Only one sin will keep you out of heaven. But the Bible also tells us that God knew that because he has to punish sin. He loves you, but he can't let you get away with that. So what he did is he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and for Jesus to take your record book of sin and write paid in full, bury it, raised from the dead, and purchase a place for you in heaven so that where he is, he can be. It's that simple. And that you come to him by faith, not this temporal faith, but it's a saving faith. It's trusting God and God alone for your salvation. Period. That's all it is. And today, you have an opportunity to experience what that young man experienced five network for two to two days ago. And that you can be welcome into the kingdom of God. Father, does anybody here today? Anybody here right now? They say, you know what, that's me, John. I want to receive the Lord. Because God said that you accept me before man. I will accept you before my father. Does anybody here today want to receive Christ as your Lord from the Savior? The day is the day of salvation. All I want you to do is just raise your hand and say, listen to me, I want to receive it. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be ashamed of this. Man, this is serious business. Anybody? Okay. That's fine. Let's stand. Let's stand. Now, I want to give you an opportunity as we are closing to use this altar today. You know, say what? That old bald head guy out there meant something today, Lord. He shared something that convicted me. And I'd like to come up on this altar today and God take my access and just understand the work that you have done. I want you to come on for singing. You don't have to come, but sometimes this altar becomes a point of reference. I want you to freely come. Okay? So we're going to sing this song, and after that, I'm going to give you the benediction, and you're free to go. Let's sing. But come to the altar. Come. Come and get it right with me.
before I close uh, at the end of the service, usually we have a word, we have one in the first service. We don't have to have them every service. But maybe God has stirred something up in you. Maybe what you need to do is, you know, minister to somebody. Just maybe you got something to, okay, all right.